I'm sorry, y'all. Every time I hear that, that gets me gassed up. It just be in my head like, boop. But anyways, anyways, welcome back to another episode of The Lesson Planned. I'm so glad you are tuning into my podcast. I'm so glad I get to talk to you. So what we going to talk about today? Well, the first episode, we talked about education and you heard some of my passion, my zeal. The second episode, of course, we're still talking about education, but you got to hear one of my community, someone from my community, um, a colleague of mine. Um, this episode, this episode is going to be about education, but why your host, the Grio, is in education, why I started this podcast, why this is my passion, why I'm pursuing this with such a fervor. Um, and I'm really glad to share that with you because I really want you to know who I am in regards to education and why I pursue this path. So before we go on, I want to do our quote. You know, it's super important that we get a little knowledge from uh, other folks and what they think about education. Um, James Alden Johnson uh, look him up if you don't know who he is. He's pretty dope. Uh, he gave us a quote. Um, he said, you are young, gifted, and black. We must begin to tell our young. There's a world waiting for you. Yours is the quest that's just begun. You are young, gifted, and black. We must begin to tell our young. I had to emphasize that. I had to say it again. You know, I, I want to have a, if I could, but I can't. Nina Simone playing in the background. Young, gifted, and black. Pump, pump. You know, because that's one of the, that quote speaks to one of the reasons I'm in education. Um, because the community that I service, I don't believe they've been told enough that they are young, gifted, and black and brown. Or they're young, gifted, and a part of another marginalized community. Um, I don't believe they've been serviced holistically. I don't believe, and if you listen to the other episodes, that teachers come in with cultural pedagogy, which is knowledge and the study of how culture and education intertwine, how the celebration of a student's culture can benefit them as they progress throughout their academic career and as they move into society. Because we all know that, unfortunately, in the United States, um, speaking from mm, the country I live in, that you can have all the, ped the pedigrees you have and all the degrees you want, but... It doesn't matter at the end of the day sometimes. And it's sad because if you're black or brown, and by black and brown, I mean indigenous, Latino, Afro-Latino, you know, or marginalized community. Even if you're Asian and you identify in that capacity, uh, I include us in that realm because we are systematically oppressed. And that has, that has, that has been in the education system. So... That's something that speaks to why I'm an educator and why I have such a passion for it. And I can think I can break it down into three different things I've spoke on before. Why you teach, where you teach, and what you're teaching. Um, I think those are three avenues that I can go down and really explain myself, the griot, why I'm doing this. Um, but before we go into that, let me give you some more background knowledge, some more context, okay? So 
I call myself the griot because griot, griots um, come from a, the West African tradition. They were revered and respected. And it's not that I'm trying to be having, I'm trying to have somebody bow down to me, but the position of being a griot as an educator in the community, as a statesman, as a musician, as someone who was a carrier of knowledge is honored. I'm a woman of color. I'm African-American. I come from a oratorical tradition. We uh, speak our history, uh, sharing our stories. And that's what the griot was a part of. They shared their stories and it was an honored position. And you knew when you got in that position that it was to be respected because you knew you were affecting generations and you were carrying the knowledge of the community, of the elders, and you were going to give it down to the descendants. And it was honored. And I think that's something we've lost in the United States and the teaching system now. Being a teacher is not honored. It's not honored necessarily by the community as it should, and it's not honored necessarily by the people in the profession because it's looked at as just a job. And I'm not saying that's for everybody, but it's an opinion that I, I think it's just not treasured as it should be to the level that it should be. And as we continue on, uh, let's talk about that Vocab word of the week. Vocab word of the week. Vocab word of the week. Now, the vocab word of the week is steward. The reason I picked that vocab word, because for me, a steward is someone who is given something important and valuable and knows that it's what it's worth, and they walk accordingly to their calling as a steward of something. You know, for me, for me, I feel like I know that God has blessed me with the opportunity to get resources. God's blessed me with these resources, and I want to manage them as an educator. He's given me these talents and skills and abilities and these opportunities to be an educator, and God's put it on my heart, and I thank God every day. I'm like, Jesus, thank you for hooking me up with this passion, and I want to be a good steward over it. I want to manage it well and honor the profession. So let's talk about, let's talk about what that means, being a good steward. Let's talk about what that means being a griot, taking that lineage I come from and taking this blessing of being a steward. And let's talk about what that looks like for me in education and why I'm a teacher. So the three things, we'll start with the why, right? I mentioned that earlier, why you teach, where you teach, and what you teach. Why do I teach? Well, you know, I said I want to be a good steward, I said that I recognize I've been blessed to come from a family uh, that celebrated my blackness and taught me about who I am and to honor where I come from and that I that I, I feel I come from that tradition of the griot, my ancestors passing that down. I sat at my grandmother's feet. I sat at my mother's feet and all my aunties and my uncles and I listened to the stories and I learned and I learned to laugh and I learned to love and I learned to uh, solve problems for myself from them because I listened to them from that tradition of passing down the story. And being a good steward, I've been blessed with this talent and this passion for students that are before me and wanting to give them my best. And even if I can't give them 100%, I'm going to give them all the 80% I can. And that's why I, I do this. 
because I've always had a heart for justice. I've always uh, wanted to uh, see people treated with equity. And I, I used to want to be a, a lawyer. And then I moved into education. Um, and that put me in this place, y'all, where I stand before students and I see these students. And I see how they've been disenfranchised. I see how the communities are not being serviced. I see, I work in a community that has a tradition of segregation towards the black and brown community. And it blows my mind that in 2019, this is still happening. This is why I'm doing it. Because, and this is why I'm calling us to do these things. This is why I'm doing this podcast. Because I want us to be informed and empowered. I want the white community to be held accountable. And not to say, point my finger and say, you're the bad guy. But to say, hey, have a seat at the table. Let's have a conversation. And let's talk about why we're in these fields of education. And is it really something we want to invest ourselves in to benefit our communities that we're servicing? Or or is it just a job? Because in my mind, education, being a teacher is not a job. It is not just a job. If you feel it's just a job, I think you should um, go work somewhere else. I really recommend it. I really do. Um, because as I said before, it's a stewardship. I am blessed every day I get to get up and I'm honored that God will put me in a position where I could stand in front of 29 students, 29 students, 29 human beings that I am asked to plant a seed or asked to be an ear or asked to give a curriculum and teach them things and bless them with the opportunity to fail. Yeah, that's right. I said it fail. You need to love your students enough that you say here. Here's a space for you to fail. Here's a space for you to make a mistake. You want to know why? Because I'm going to be there with you to get back up. And that's, that's, this, is, this is just one of the many reasons you're going to hear it throughout the podcast why I do this. And it's not a soapbox for, soapbox for me. This is real. This is legit. Because if, if I'm not giving my best to them, what's going to happen is I'm going to model to them an educator, and I'm a woman of color, so I definitely got to try my best since this passion's on my heart. Because I don't want to model to them an educator who doesn't care. I don't want to give them the experience of someone who's just coming into the community and doesn't really know about them, doesn't really inquire who they are. Because the thing about kids, the thing about kids, they're not jaded just yet. They're not fully wrapped up in the, the, the issues of the world just yet. And even the kids who do go through stuff in poverty, economic disenfranchisement, all these things, they still have a heart for kindness and to learn and to love. So that's one of the reasons among so many why you got to stand there and do your best and hold yourself accountable and get that culture of pedagogy so you can learn for your kids. And so you can be there when... A parent who listens to this podcast comes in and say, how are you going to hold my child accountable, huh? What things are you going to do to hold them to their greatness? So you can stand there and say, I got these standards for your babies. I, I, I'm here for you. I want your kids to be amazing. Because guess what? If you think it costs money, and this is to other folks, if you think, oh, we don't got the money for this school system or this district. No, baby, we got to change our minds and recognize we are investing in society. We are investing in, in these beautiful minds, and they deserve the best. So that's one, that's one of some of many. I have so many other reasons why I am in education. It is so important to me. 
to to be there and to just oh, I could say it so many times in so many different ways. But like I said, I have been blessed. It is an honor. It is an honor. If I when I go before God, I'm gonna say thank you for this opportunity. You honored me by saying here. Be a steward in front of these children. And that's what I need us to get across as I do this podcast. You have been honored with the opportunity and the space to stand in front of students. And especially, I'm calling you out. I'm calling you out. If you happen to be a white educator, you have been honored with the chance and opportunity to stand in front of students who deserve so much from you if they're children of color. Why do I say that? Because the reality is we live again in a society that looks to different disenfranchise students of color. So it is your responsibility to give them your best and be authentically you, but give them your best. Because, again, we live in a society that looks to disenfranchise people of color. And if you happen to be an educator who's white, then you have to recognize that and you have to know what you're doing when you step into that. And don't get me wrong, we all have so many different levels on which and way we should grow, so many different places we need to grow. I understand that. But even if it's your first year teaching, you need to walk in there saying, "Wait a minute, humble myself, recognize that I'm in a priv- I'm in a position that I am doing these amazing things with these fantastic students who deserve my best. So that goes to my next point, right? Where you teach. Oh, that's real important, y'all. Where do you teach, y'all? Because listen to me here, okay? <laughs> um, you can't just walk up into somebody's community Okay, I'm getting, see this, y'all, I'm ready for y'all. You can't just walk up into somebody's community talking about, hey, I'm here to teach. I'm ready to do this thing. Y'all sit down in my class. I have all the knowledge. Whoa, slow it down. Okay, matter of fact, put it down, switch seats with your student, and let me talk to you for a second. Because even as a woman of color, I, I I just don't go into an indigenous community and say, hey, y'all, I got all the knowledge. Come listen. I don't go into a community that's predominantly Afro-Latino because there's so many different spectrums on that. You always should step into a community. And this is for the white folks, too. You step into a community and staying in your lane and you ask, you, you find out how I can be of service and what I should do to help. This is for schools. This is for my educators. There's a ways you can do this. And here's an analogy for that. It's like it's like going into a community and you're like, I know how to build wells. And that community needs water, right? I know how to build wells. And you do all these extra things to build this fantastic well. And it's actually affecting community in somewhat of a negative way. But you're so certain this is the right thing to do. But at the end of the day, if you just went to the elders of the community, heck, if you went to the children of the community, they would have said, actually, if you just irrigate to the left and move the water to the right, it brings us water and it's really easy and it doesn't affect the environment at all. I give that example because too many times we come in and uh, we think we know and we don't. And it's it's better to humble yourself and to wherever you're going to teach and to have the mindset that I'm humbling myself and I'm looking to listen and learn. Now, specifically for me as a woman of color, I know where I want to teach. I want to teach in communities that reflect what what I come from, where I come from, who I am and what I look like. It is 
so important to me. It is necessary. It is vital. It is 100% like breathing. I want my students to see a person that reflects them because, again, to my white educators, um, just, just paying attention to this, what you're doing when you go into these communities, and it's not that you don't care. It's I'm hoping you do. Um, when you go into that, what you're doing is you're modeling to these students what authority looks like. What what you're modeling is this is who who is in charge. And you want to make sure you you recognize that and you have a cultural pedagogy that understands that I'm not in charge necessarily. I'm facilitating like my students know that I have my rules and you respect me and I honor you and you honor me and I respect you. And but we're in this together. I always remind them. That's why I said that earlier. My students know my babies know. Listen, you make a mistake. Please go try. Try by yourself. Please go fail because I want to facilitate a space and this is for all educators please understand it's super important to facilitate a space where your students know they can fail and get back up because failure is not a bad thing that's just you learn what works and what didn't but it's super important you know where you're teaching so if you just are looking for a job and you come into the community and you don't have an understanding of the community or who you're servicing i don't under i i you you let me know slide into my dms and let me know how you're going to service your student holistically like i said i know where i'm teaching i have a reason for where i'm teaching do you know or was it just a job because i i i sat in pds Ugh, anti-racist p anti-racism pds they're so like, mm, eh. y'all know what I'm talking about. I've set diversity trainings. Eh, eh, okay. <laughs> you, you know what I'm talking about. As a matter of fact, y'all slide into my DMs and let me know the craziest ones you ever had. I told y'all one time I had an anti-racism PD where she called us colored people. And we were like, her? I'm going to tell that story over and over again because it never gets old. I was like, that's 2018. I, we don't go by that no more. Miss White Lady? But anyways, anyways, um, I'm inviting y'all to the table. I'm inviting y'all to the table because education is predominantly white women. And I'm inviting to the table so that you can recognize where you come from, recognize who you are, be authentically you, but still try to figure out a way where you can put your bias aside and service the community. Because, again, it blows my mind how you're from... I don't know, a suburb that has nothing to do with the community that you're going to teach in and you don't live in the community that you're going to teach in and it's 30 minutes away from the community that you're going to teach in and you know nothing of the environment that your student is in. How in the world are you going to service them holistically? I don't comprehend that. I just don't. You don't know them. Outside of the time you spend with them in class. And that's somewhat of a vacuum. That's somewhat of a bubble. So how can you, if you even, if you never, if you haven't had experiences, I've had teachers be like, no, I've never been to X, Y, and Z. And I've always lived here. And I've never been out to that. And I'm like, so how do you know? And that leaves me confused, perplexed. I'm like, preguntas. Don't we all have them? I do. I don't understand how you can do that. How can you service that 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 population? Well, I don't think you can. I don't think you can. So I hold you accountable and I challenge you. 
even if you are a person of color, I hold you accountable in that capacity because it's not it, it, color and race has a, a social constructions that uh, have real consequences. But at the same time, all of us need to recognize all of us need to recognize where we can do better in service. Like James Weldon Johnson said, that's why I use that quote. You are young, gifted and black, black and brown. You need to tell our young that. So that's why I serve where I serve, you know, and maybe, you know what? You, you, maybe you can say that. I don't know. I, I thought that'd be funny to see like a white person. <laughs> You're young. Gifted. I just want them to deliver it. Right. But <laughs> they need to know that. Like I tell my kids, my population is predominantly Latinos and they're Afro Latinos too. And I'm like, y'all dope. Y'all fire. Y'all can translate. Oh my gosh. It blows my mind. And I love where I teach. That's what I'm talking about. You got to love where you teach. It just can't be a job. My kids, y'all, I'm telling you, I'd be like, como se dice and they, they, they drop it quick. They'll translate it like at the drop of a dime. Can you celebrate that? Do you know why you teach enough? Do you know where you teach enough to see all the nuances of your students so that you're like, I'm going to celebrate you when nobody else will. If anybody else forgets to, I'm not. So so those those two things are, are, are part of the foundation, you know, of who who I am as an educator. And why do what I do, you know? And, and and the last thing I want to talk about is what you teach. What you teach. Okay, so this is fun. This is where you get to play, play. For real, no, it's for real, for real, but you get to play, play. Um, so the griot on the line loves to teach English and history. I've taught math and science, and it, it's cool. You know, I like it. It's cool that my kids was like, look at this lady. And she's a brown lady. And she teaches math and science. Okay, miss, you smart. And I was like, thank you. Because that's how my kids, some of them would talk. They'd be like, miss. But anyways, <laughs> I, 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 what, what I teach is English and history. And it's so important to me because math and science is amazing. And the fact that if you have a black and brown educator in front of them doing that, that's a fantastic model of that a black and brown person can be in math and sciences. But why I teach English and history is because what I deliver, unlike math, is not black and white. It's malleable. It's fluid. And the curriculum I teach can speak to black and brown voices and and that gets me excited. Like, shout out to, I, I'm going to go front. My curriculum director came through and uh, we was talking about Amiri Baraka. What? Y'all don't even, come on. You know who that is? We read a poem today about from him about Malcolm X. You know, a poem for the black heart. What? For my fifth graders? Yes. See, I'm excited about all over again. I get to talk to my kids about this. And my kids are like, miss, yo, our ancestors were in the condition of slavery, not slaves. See, that's what I'm talking about. Like, that's why I that's why I teach what I teach. I love teaching English and history because I can challenge them to look at the world in a different perspective through these social sciences. I can act through these arts. I can act, excuse me, social sciences, arts, humanities. I can challenge them to write about how they feel and address um, the issues. And I can bring them um, a good school will bring them work and curriculum that reflects who they are. Like I get to tell my students when we were talking about the I put this in uh, parentheses, air quotes forefathers nah son nah son who's forefathers my kids are black and brown who's forefathers i said these gentlemen are called the forefathers 
And they did come up with things for the United States. And shout out to all what they've done because it's not like it's important. It's, it's real important. At the same time, I'm like, but are they your forefathers? No, miss. Of course they're not. I'm not going to lie to them. And I'm not going to put that image in their head. See, that's the thing. Colonizers, whoever wins history writes his history, right? But nah, I'm trying to change that perspective. And that's why I teach English and history. And I love it because it's like, let's change the perspective. Let's not put just white white men in positions of power but show how different individuals and let's challenge the in the books we've read um how different individuals are are portrayed and who they are like i talked about the magical negro trope with my kids and how they need to pay attention to how people of color are portrayed in literature and all these different things so you got to know you got to know you got to know what you're teaching and I put these all in there. I say these things as as a as a lens to who I am a little bit, you know, where I teach, why I teach, and what I teach, because they help, they speak, and they inform my passion as an educator. They speak and inform my desire to be a good steward, to be to take this blessing God has given me, and to uh, um really nurture it and cultivate it for my students. I want my students to have an incredible experience. Now, this podcast today, this really this episode really isn't uh dropping facts and that will be continuing on. We'll drop more and more facts and really educate people like Common Core and things of that nature. But if you glean anything from this episode, glean the fact that I have so much passion and I challenge you and want you to be held accountable as an educator, as a white educator, because you're stepping into a space that needs to be honored. It is not just a job. It is not just a job. Like if I had the choice to fire you, I would say you can go because don't come up in somebody's classroom going in front of these kids for a paycheck you disrespect my my passion and my voc my vocation it's it, 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 yes it's a profession but you're disrespecting something that's so important it's so vital I challenge you, just go get another job. I'm so serious. I'm so serious. And if you, I know some days we feel burnt out and, and, and it's real because some school districts use real talk struggle bus. It's hard. It's hard. And it's painful sometimes because you're tired and you don't know how you're going to keep making it through. But if, you, if you're not about, if you don't love what you're doing with your kids, you really should remove yourself from it. And you really got to recognize that this, this is not, like I said, this is not a job. It's, it, it, and, and I say it as in it's not a job because it's not something you just go to school for either. And it's not something you take a test to make you uh, qualify you as an educator. Believe me, everybody certified as an educator is not qualified to stand in front of students. That's facts. That's true. And I need my kids to have good experiences. I need my kids to know that they're loved and they're respected and honored. Um. Some other stuff some to supplement why I'm in education. I can go back, right? <laughs> little story time for y'all. <laughs> little story time segment. Yo, when I chuckle, I hear myself and I think I sound dope. But anyways, <laughs> little story time segment. When I was in fifth grade, because of the parents I had and because of the way they loved me and the way they raised me to celebrate being black and to love being a woman of color, uh, when I was in fifth grade, I went to, I did go to a private school and um, I was one of 13. Everybody else was pretty much, uh, oh no, there was another black girl. 
So it was like, yeah, 2 or 13. Okay. And um, they had to do a project that day. And it was about uh, picking a flag from a country that represents your ancestry. And the population was predominantly Irish and Italian kids, uh, with the exception of me and the other black girl. And I went up to the teacher because I looked at the other girl and I was like, how she pick a flag? She's black. And I was confused because I was like, I went up to the teacher and I said, miss. She said, yes, I said, she said, yes, little Grio. She didn't know who she was talking to. I said, I can't pick a country because of slavery. And she just looked at me. She looked at me surprised. And I was like, see, like, that's what I'm talking about, y'all. She didn't know what to do or what to say. So she told me pick a country in Africa. What? (laughs) Africa is a continent. That's huge. Has over 60 countries. So me just picking a country at random, although I'm honored to be a part of any country in Africa, does not reflect my heritage. But she didn't know what to do. And this was about 20, nah, about 15 years ago, right? She didn't know what to do. So to respond, wow, it was more than that. It was like 20 years ago. Jeez. Anyways, she didn't know what to do. And um, she she just told me to pick a country in Africa. And I don't want that my kids to have that experience. I want them to know that there's someone who can hear them and can respond culturally to them and can try their best by them and not just tell them to pick a country in Africa. And the, the, the funny thing, the flag I picked was Kenya because Lion King was out at the time. And Lion King was like there was stuff on TV about them being filmed in Kenya. And that was the only country I was really relative to, not knowing that my family's my ancestry is probably from Cote d'Ivoire, Senegal, again, um, Ghana. Anyways, I want my kids to have experiences where they can go back and say, yo, this teacher really tried to invest in me and tried to celebrate who I am, even when I didn't know how to celebrate myself, you know, even if that's the case. Because the sad thing is, it's even more extreme in other parts uh, of the United States. The reason why I'm having this podcast, the reason why I want us to be held accountable, the reason why I want to power educators, I want to power parents so much is because there's parts in this country there. I read a story on Instagram about uh, a story, uh, excuse me, a school in Virginia talking about let's play runaway slave. Come on, y'all. Or they had other kids going picking cotton. Come on. Are you culturally sensitive and aware? Like, even if it's one thing, it still happened that one time to that one student. And that should not happen. And I can only imagine what happens to my Latinos, my Afro-Latinos. And, yo, shouting out my indigenous people, please hit me up in my DMs. I want to hear your story. Your voice is heard in my heart. You are my brothers and sisters in this. You are just as important. You are not something on TV. You are not a trope or stereotype. You are dynamic human beings who need to be heard. Because I want this place, this place to be a voice for people to hear me and also hear others in regards how we want to celebrate our students and celebrate this honored, honored position of being an educator, of being an educator. It is honored. It is not something you get in just because you're like, oh, this will be fun. I've always played with dogs and wanted to teach kids. It's more to that. There's levels to this, baby. There's levels to this. There's levels to loving your students for who they are and honoring them as an educator. You know, if, if we really, if I, if I could imagine it, education will look like something like this. We would, we would study and earn and show ourselves approved as educators. And, and, people would, and people would say, oh, that's your teacher? Wow, 
She she cares. He cares. He invests. Man, can we get my student with that person? Because they they hold my student accountable. And they hold they even hold parents accountable. They say, hey, mom and dad, we're in this together. And 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 it wasn't just, hey, we're gonna put you in this position. No, you got to you got to care so much for what you do. And I hope administrators hear this because you know, you you if you forgot what it's like being a teacher, you know it, it can be hard out here, you know. But let, even in my administration, let's get let's get real, let's hold ourselves accountable. Let's know why we're teaching, where we're teaching, and what we're teaching, so that we we provide our kids where we're teaching with competent cultural pedagogy and culturally sensitive curriculum that that provides them with things that celebrate them holistically that provides them with with education that provi- helps them become solution oriented and doesn't stifle their intellectual and their intellect excuse me and who they want to be and their creativity let let's build them up in all the ways that we know how so that when somebody asks us why we teach we can say man why do I teach? Let me get a microphone and let me be on it for about a good two days because that's how long it's going to take. Because I know I love to celebrate. I love to celebrate my students. My students. And when we get that mindset, the good thing about it is then we'll have spaces where we can invite all the children who live in this country to the table and there can be equity in the conversation and and black and brown students can can know and feel that they're respected and honored and their white counterparts won't sit there and say did I say the right thing do I say the right thing ha <laughs> let me just stay in my circle in my bubble no 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 we'll all have some equity here and then we can create a generation that moves out of this broken mindset and spirit of racism. This broken mindset that looks to devastate and disenfranchise us. And looks to put us in a prison, to a school prison, a pipeline. Because that's real. That's real. And, 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 and doesn't look to put us in a position where all our talents and gifts are culturally appropriated, but we're celebrated. You know, this country needs to recognize it's not a melting pot. It's a salad bowl. (laughs) And we need to see who we are and look at our backgrounds and who our students are. And we need to culturally celebrate them. So if anything you got from this, from the griot, is that you know where you teach, why you teach, and what you teach. You need to know that before you step into anybody's classroom. You need to know that. And especially for for my, I hope you're an educator who happens to be white and not a white educator, you know, who's bought into the system. If you are that, then you, if you are that person, then you need to know that, because it's predominantly white woman, that you are in an honored position. Someone gave, brought you their children to teach. You need to know this. This is for everybody too. But specifically for y'all, because y'all is predominantly y'all. Y'all need to know this. You're not just coming in a space that's just, oh, it's all settled and established. No, you need to know that you're coming into a community where someone lets you teach their children. Lets you teach their children. And parents, you need to recognize and hold your teachers accountable, as well as making sure that we are working together and honoring each other. 
so that we can all be good stewards of this gift of the future that is students and our kids. Well, y'all, this has been The Griot. I hope I gave you some insight on who I am and why I teach. And I love teaching. I love education, man. I love, I love learning. I love learning. I want my kids to have that desire. Man, they can take a lot from you, but they can't take away your knowledge. You know, it is the passport to your future, as Malcolm X has said. And I, I, I hope you got some insight into my passion and why you're going to keep hearing me talking on here saying, listen, hey, <laughs> step up, step up and show up and show out for your students. Parents, continue doing the best you can. Teachers, continue doing the best you can and challenge yourself to grow. Because we as educators, we are the doctors of the classroom. We bring healing. We bring restoration. We bring knowledge. We are scholars, we teach scholars, we do so much, we act in so many different capacities. So take a deep breath after you hear this and think about ways you can do the best you can by your students. Like, I can't emphasize it enough. I can keep going on just saying do the best you can and challenge yourself. Administrators, think about how you can cultivate a, a school culture where we do the best we can and service our students and look at them holistically and not just for mal behaviors or good behaviors, but in all capacity as human beings. I know we're given sometimes not the best hand, but we can, it's not, it's not, as they say, what somebody does to you is how you respond. So let's think about how we can respond in grace. And I'm going to keep praying for y'all because, you know, I'm trusting God that if he opened the door for you to do this the same way he did for me, that, you know, you can be a blessing and be used to bless others. So um, make sure y'all subscribe to the podcast, The Lesson Plan. Slide into my DMs at Melanated Visionary. I realized I wasn't saying that. (laughs) Slide into my DMs at Melanated Visionary and let me know what you think. Let me hear your stories. I want to hear your thoughts. I want to hear how you feel, why you feel, and what you're teaching for. I want to speak up for you, uh, my black and brown brothers and sisters. And I also want to hear, I do, I do, I want to hear white teachers' perspectives or teachers happen to be white. Uh, shout out to Amanda Seals. <laughs> um, because and you're at you're 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 in front of the classrooms. So I need to hear your voice and what your perspective is as well. Because at the end of the day, I'm an educator and God's blessed me with this opportunity to educate. So I want us all to learn and do better the best we can. So again, this is the Grio. I thank you so much for listening. And make sure you tune in next Tuesday for another wonderful episode of the lesson plan.